to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Travis Scott, and with me as always is the wonderful Ben Slinger. And welcome to Bitstorm Late Night Radio. Tonight, we are taking requests over the phone lines, and the, l- the lines are lighting up. Caller, I hear that you're... <laughs> Nah, Trevor. <laughs> no, enough about this. All right, fine. Uh, yeah, we're going to actually just play some click pitch, which is sort of like people calling in, except it's uh, a bot that Trevor made that gives us random words. Mm-hmm. So, on the count of three to one click, we're going to ask that bot for some new words. We're each going to get an adjective and a noun, and we're going to jam those words together into a game design, and uh, then we're going to do it again as many times as we feel like in about mm-hmm. an hour. So listen up. Okay, three, two, one, click. Yeah. Undocumented truck. Calm exotic. Ooh. Okay, so I hear the word exotic and I start thinking undocumented aliens, but in this case, actual aliens. Well, it's- <laughs> do you mean like from outer space? From outer space. Okay. Well, like, I'm talking about um, this whole thing is set in outer space. And okay. it's all about a, a galactic war that's sort of going on. And it's about trying to get these people, um, these people into, into like, um, safe havens. Okay. So, you're like, yeah, you're a- um, A smuggler as, as such. Yeah, like, I was kind of like a of the right- Han Solo- sort of character, but your people running. You're yes. getting them you're getting them out of out of harm's way and into safety. Yeah, you're getting people you're you're helping people by getting them across borders that they are, you know, technically not supposed to cross and uh, yes, away from harm and into countries or yeah, not countries, into regions that uh where they can get help. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. What sort of what sort of game are you pitching here? Is this sort of like an action, um, um, action space space flight, you know, dog fighting and yeah? So I'm sort of seeing it almost like oh, what was that? What was that game that we we played? Um, in set in space, set in space, you had all the different ships that you sort of went to and <laughs> did did. Fighting actually on the on the ship. I cannot remember what the fucking game was called. Killing oh, killing yeah, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The Tom Tom Francis one. Um, yeah, fuck. What's that called? Uh, we're gonna have to cut out all this fucking dilly dallying. Heat signature. Okay, heat signature. So it's like that game, Heat Signature. Um, oh yeah, I remember that game well. Yeah. Where where you had the top down and you were you were running around on the on the ship, I, I like the idea of of that sort of that sort of view. Um, whether you're going to alien outposts or whether you're going to different places, and then when you get back onto your own ship, you've got to sort of help the people know where to hide, and you've you sometimes get like stopped and have to. Okay, have can to this help of, them can hide this be a cross between stuff. that sort of game? Because I feel like there's a there's a tradition of that sort of very open world economy based game in space on like a mm-hmm. two on like a two D plane. I like that. Um, combined with some like spaceship building stuff, so that part of the challenge is adding the little hidey holes and different techniques for for hiding illicit people and materials, basically, as you mm-hmm. cross them across these borders. Um, and so, you, you can essentially upgrade your ship in a lot of different ways to to make it easier to get past customs as such um, yep. and, and border patrols and this sort of thing. And, and really, it would almost give you, give you an idea or give, give the player an idea as to, you know, these are the horrible things that- that these people are sort of going through and getting out of this area is, you know, oh, they're yeah. asylum seekers, you know. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely make a good political statement with that as well, for sure. Um, you know, coming from war-torn planets and, uh, you know, facing xenophobia. Well, yeah, because you've got all the different aliens. You can actually have, you know, these these really scary sort of, um, you know, xenomorph 
sort of aliens who are just trying to get away from. Yeah, yeah, they're just trying, trying to get away from persecution just trying to bring and their all family sort of across. <laughs> yes, they have. You know, Acid for blood. they're bringing they're bringing seven <laughs> eggs that will impregnate a human if they get loose. But uh, you know, they've promised that they won't, and they've promised to not bleed too much on your ship. Yeah, no, I, I like that, and you could bring some humor into it like that as well with the with the references. Uh, well, at the same time, yeah, making making a bit of a statement. Um, but yeah, I, I like that idea of you can you can deck out your, your fit out your ship in different ways. So you you might tend towards like speed and and anonymity in in a sense, so that you know you you your you uh, your strategy is literally just like bust through. Um, and get <laughs> blockades, <laughs> but well, just yeah, well, like speedy and fight, like to, to essentially bust through a, a, a um a checkpoint, um, yeah. and you get away before they can tell who you are and they can't catch up with you, right? Like because you've you've got tools also to like hide your uh your signature and your identification and stuff, and if you're fast enough, like what are they going to do? Or you go in a different direction and. Um, yeah, it's more about, okay, well, everything's so well hidden that you can just pretend to be, um, you know, you've got fake, fake credentials rather than just trying to hide them and get through. You've got fake credentials and everything's hidden really well in all the little hidey holes in your ship. They're never going to find it. And that's mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I- I'm just picturing <laughs> because you said before space on a 2D plane. Yeah. I'm just picturing that, you know, um, one, one, they sort of come up against the checkpoint and they go, I don't get it. Why does space always have these checkpoints? And you just can't fly <laughs> over fly or over. Or around. Around. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, you know, later on in the story, it sort of opens up that, you know, some of these things are, are like these huge Dyson spheres around these, a single planet and, and like the sun. Yeah. Well, and like look, that, it might not be planets. It might be like around a, a space station that you're trying to get to or yeah. something where they can obviously, yeah, like a small area. Um, to be honest, I'm kind of liking this more as a 3D thing. Um, yeah. You know, more of a kind Elite of- dangerous sort of- Yeah, maybe, but because, but with the nice shipbuilding stuff. So, yeah, sort of outside the ship. Um, what was that? Uh, there was a one in this vein released recently, Cowboy something. You didn't play it? I'm pretty sure it was from your Steam nope. library. It probably was. You know that I've got so many games in my Steam library that I've never played. Oh, I know. <laughs> and probably never will. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember what it's called, but- um, Wasn't Shipbreaker? No, no, no. That is a cool uh, game. Yeah, yeah, that is very cool. No. Cannot remember. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I like it. Put you on click. <laughs> <laughs> Sunrise cramp, <laughs> darling tearing. <laughs> God, tearing with cramp just makes me think of like it's the worst cramp ever, and it literally tears the muscles off off of the bone. <laughs> yeah, tearing and cramp gave me some sort of muscle tearing thing too. Um, okay, all right. This is some sort of story based around somebody who goes for a run at sunrise every morning. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we base all the gameplay around that and you like- Because it could be that that's sort of the framing device for some narrative stuff. You yep. see different people on your run and, you know, you start to see things about the town. We've kind of done that sort of thing before. Or it could just be a narrative jumping off point that this is the this is where the story starts. Um, you know, they're on a run, they tear a muscle. And they go to sit down. Um, okay, when they sit down, they they see some, like, droplets on the ground. Okay. And so, they follow the droplets and they actually see someone being attacked and they happen to stop. Is this, like, the droplets attack. of blood? Yeah, droplets of okay. blood. So, basically, they've managed to actually stop this attack. Yeah. Mid-attack. And now, as they're going for a run the next morning- they're starting to notice that someone's following them. Okay. So, he's not, you know, may- maybe, you know, he calls the police and all this sort of stuff. And there's, they sort of say, well, there's not, not much that we can do about it, but thank you for for saving this poor guy's life. 
Okay, so they're getting into some sort of story of intrigue here. Yep. Right. There's basically someone who's who's attacking people going for morning jogs. So, where my mind is going on this, third-person action brawler, mm-hmm. but with a long-kiss goodnight feel where you play, like, a house- Like, a, ma- a mum, basically, essentially. Like, a housewife, I suppose. Yep. With a dark past. With a- that that you that you perhaps in that same way like don't recall, you don't remember your life prior to you know four years ago or something, and this is the story. This is the incident that brings you back into it and into like in almost incidentally you find out that I think I think you initially think it's related. So you stop the you stop the fight, you stop the mugging or whatever it was, the attack, and yep. you get a you get a fun little you know, brawling fight scene where it seems like this woman is is not very good at fighting, essentially, but yep. she manages to, you know, to do it. But it would be interesting if even across the course of that fight, you manage to make it, like, by the end of the fight, she's better. <laughs> like, she starts yeah. off with these real, like, wide swings, and by the end of it, she's just, like, jabbing and kicking and doing well. But anyway- yeah, the next the next morning she goes on a run. Someone's following her. She's like, "This it must be related to the thing the day before." But what it actually is is just stopping that fight has like reignited certain muscle memories and 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 instincts that it turns out like these people have been following her for the past four years based because of her past. Yep. She's just never noticed them before. Yeah. Oh, and I, I kind of like the idea of. Of as she's as she's going through each day, sort of like she gets to like the third or fourth day, and she confronts one of these one of these people, and and they basically say we've been you, we, we've been waiting for the, for you to get activated again. So yeah, I'm, I'm picturing that they're they're trying to they're trying to get her back into into this um into this mission sort of thing. Okay, so this is like her handlers. Yeah, not her in- not her enemies. I think what you could actually say is this so-called mugging that was actually happening was actually, you know, planned by them to try and get her get her into back into back into shape, back into service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. And so, yeah, I think I don't think you go. I don't think you drag out the the intro too much. You do a few of these mornings. Um, yeah, like the second morning, she sees this person. If you if you try to get close to them or chase after them, they, like, immediately get in a car and drive off. You, you're not able to get close. But, like, the next morning, we set it up that you have the opportunity to, like, cut them off or, or manage to catch them or something. Or maybe you give them- You give her more speed or you give her more- Like, she can jump over things better. Like, she's actually- You're actually giving the player more skills day after day for those first few days. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, you catch them and, like- you know the guy's like talk to talk to Benjamin. That's my name, uh, but that's the only one I came up with. Uh, and you're like, who? It's like your next door neighbor. You know, Benjamin Franklin. No relation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, it's like someone you've known this whole time, but it turns out they're one of the handlers as well, and the and you get like an explanation. I mean, essentially, the Samuel L. Jackson ish character. Yeah. Uh, from from Longkiss Goodnight. Um, so where does she end up? Like, where does the bulk of the of the game actually? <sighs> yeah. So then, yeah, there, there needs to be something big happening that they want to bring. Like their retired agent, essentially. So is she retired because? Is this a situation of like she was done with that life and to retire from this organization you essentially have to have a memory wipe or Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like, you know, it's a nicer version of the John Wick um sort of pulling out of that world. She made a deal with the right people, yeah. got out of that world, and now, you know, shit's gone down in the yeah. world. Yeah. And they knew they they've been waiting for, for her to start you know, getting getting her skills back. Yeah, well, and and that makes for a good like unlocking skills progression. 
uh, throughout the game as well. Essentially, as your memories are coming back and as you hit story points or whatever, you get more memories back and that gives you new cool yeah. things you can do. And I'm picturing this as sort of a real over-the-top action-y kind of thing. You're like- Fucking catching knives in midair and throwing them back by the end and like oh yeah I'm, I'm picturing flipping you know, over it's, tables it's and full throwing on, things and it's full on Max Payne like level slowing shit down and she grabs the knife out of the air and throws it back and yeah yeah exactly uh, a lot of mostly melee I think you there is obviously going to be some gunplay in there but uh, I feel like it's mostly around melee and environment stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, cool, like, running up I a love wall and, and <laughs> flipping over them and, you know, landing on their shoulders and punching them in the face or whatever. I, I just I just love the fact that- or the idea of her going out to pick up a keyboard and expecting it there to be, like, a cable attached. And so, when she when she goes to pull it away, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, it's all wireless and stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so she's sort of out of sorts. She's like, out of. She, she, she's like behind the times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's just going off of muscle memory, and the muscle memory only works for like 1980s tech. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been that long. I wasn't thinking it'd been that, but I guess it could. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. She's like a. She's like 45 now, and she's maybe not 80s tech. I guess it depends when you said it, but um, yeah. 90s tech then. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's been like 20 years, 25 years or something. It was in her 20s when she was yeah. doing this. Um, yeah, and then I think by the end, you you like any good action film, the villain, like, makes it personal and, and is threatening her kids, like has kidnapped her family or something. Yeah. Um, and you've got kind of the hapless husband or wife who, you know, doesn't, still doesn't quite accept what's going on. It's like, what do you mean? You're a super fucking secret agent. <laughs> As she's snapping some some henchman's neck, she yeah. goes, well, 20 years ago, <laughs> I was I was part of the secret organization. <laughs> yeah, hang on. <laughs> Stab someone. Garroting some dude. <laughs> Kids, look away. Slash his throat. Um- yeah, no, I, I like that. And obviously, she saves the day. And yeah, yeah, um, very, very much inspired by Long Kiss Goodnight. It's such a, yeah. it's such a good sort of setup. It's on Netflix again, so nice, nice, worth a rewatch. It is. I know I downloaded it, but I need to need to watch it again. Yeah. All right, Three to one click. Love it. Yep. Regional diagonal. Poorly grey. <clears throat> I know that yours is probably P O R L Y, but can this be about someone called Poorly Grey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Poorly Grey, farmer. Um, we, and he has the amazing idea of making diagonal farms, <laughs> diagonal fields <laughs> in his farm. Increases yield. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, Paulie Gray. What? Who's Paulie Gray? Um, he's <laughs> he's a wizard. And he's gone to Diagonal Diagon <clears throat> Alley, <laughs> but it's regional Diagon Alley. <laughs> like this is the hick, hick version of Hogwarts. <laughs> it's all farm magic. Farm magic. Farm <laughs> magic. All right. No, I kind of like the idea of a wizard farmer. That's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> oh, there's just something. There's something about like the wizarding world, but um, you just see them doing like. Um, there's a tractor out in the field, and they're like, oh, "Damn." Damn muggles, and they just use their wand, and they've they've just sent like a rake out there to do all the rake. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think they've got yeah, they've got like fucking um, house elves. They've got farm elves, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, doing all their work for them, and even though they could just do it with magic, but they they enjoy enslaving <laughs> creatures that they think are lesser than them. Uh, <laughs> 
That's my weekend of return. Um, okay, I, I've been watching a bit of Shit's Creek recently, so I'm picturing that it's that it's like an ex um, like minister uh, from from the for the Ministry of Magic the, mm-hmm. for the Ministry of Magic, and um, they've got no money left. Like basically, um, their wizard accountant has run off with all the money. And all they've got left is, like, this small little farm that they got left to them. And they've got to try and make it work. And it's kind of like a magical <laughs> Stardew Valley. <laughs> okay, I can get behind this one. I can get behind this one. All right. <laughs> so, Paulie Gray, previously, you know, high up in the ministry, he was, mm-hmm. like, head of fucking muggle detection or something. Yeah, basically, kind of, uh, kind of where um, we're like Weasley, Mister Weasley's, yeah, yeah, work like the misuse of Muggle artifacts. Office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, it was Weasley's. It was Mister Weasley's boss. Oh, because I'm imagining that this is actually a Muggle, a Muggle-based farm, and and so they've got to try and keep all the magic on the down low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they fucking confiscated it somehow. Like they yeah. or they took it over when you know Voldemort killed the Muggles. <laughs> they had to cover yeah, so, it up and take the farm. So I'm imagining that like if if um some of the people from the from the um village come in and they see you know the um the tractor and the rake moving by themselves, then you've got to. <laughs> you know, stop them before they call call anyone and and like <laughs> Okay, I like the idea now of <laughs> I haven't seen this before. There's a lot of these games around automation, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's whether it's like satisfactory or Factorio or these sorts of different things where you where you can do or even just like Minecraft and stuff. I love the idea of having of doing <laughs> automation but with magic where you're setting up these different triggers and different events. <laughs> yes. And so, you can't necessarily just wave your wand and everything stops. It's like you have to set up all the different trigger words or trigger things where it's like, oh, shit, someone's coming. Like, go and hit the rune on the front gate that shuts everything down because you've managed to hook all that stuff up via the magical connections. Um, And if you, you know, ideally, you'll have a rune that just starts things up and puts things back where they were. But if you haven't done that, it's like, oh, crap, now I've got to go around and, like, give the rake its orders and, you know, <laughs> set it all up again. Because um, I, aff- I can't afford to pay for the for the um, farm elves. Yeah, they're fucking expensive, man. And I'm not getting any good crops at the moment because I'm a wizard and I don't know anything about muggle farming. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just imagining I thought it going- was literally farming muggles when I got here. <laughs> <laughs> you go you go into the village and and you see you know all the people sort of sort of there walking around and you see someone sort of sitting in the corner that's wearing like a cloak sort of thing and you think great there there's there's like a, another another wizard here and it just so happens that no that's just like um they were cold they put this <laughs> they put this like blanket over there <laughs> you know rugged up in front of the fire and like, there's no wizards at all in, no. in this town. No, there's no wizards. Um, <clears throat> I like the idea that you're actually on the run, like, that you're a fugitive as well. So, maybe it's not just that your, like, area confiscated at this farm, but the reason you've got it is because you actually, like, swept it under the rug and kept it off the books. Uh, <laughs> because uh, because it was something horrible where, like, yeah, these muggles were killed and you didn't want to be held responsible for that. Um and so you you've got this backstory of like being you know the the cousin of this these muggles that were killed or something you kind of find out a bit about them and who they were in this town uh but in that case like when you think you see a wizard you're like oh fuck they've found me uh, because yeah. you're actually trying to lay low uh and then i think you know then you can have a turn later on where literally the wizards do come to town um and there's some sort of confrontation um, yep. um, but, but by that point, you've like established yourself in the town, and you got the backing of some people, and maybe you've even um, taught, taught them some rudimentary spells. 
<laughs> well, I was, I was almost thinking like you've sort of you, you've brought someone in as, as a confidant. You're like you've got kind of a sidekick who knows you're a wizard. Because mm-hmm. I'm kind of picturing now that it's just you. Like you, you're there by yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. So I think that there's definitely got to be some sort of mystery going on with this with this farm. As in, like, you find an old diary pages and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And it's sort of talking about um, some weird shit going on in the farm. And mm. and it's sort of almost there's, there's like, a- um, Oh, well- Something actually uh, very valuable on the farm that uh, basically <coughs> caused these, these original muggle, muggles to, to get killed. And it's well, like some yeah, wizard well, artifact or something like that. I'm almost wondering, is this like- is this a Tom Riddle sort of situation where these people were related to- Maybe it's not Voldemort. Maybe this is, like, 50 years in the future or the past or something. Like, this is some other, you know, genocidal- Dark arts. Dark arts <laughs> yeah. Um Where, yeah, but it's that similar sort of situation of, like, oh, shit, like, Moldavort- <laughs> <laughs> Was the kid in this family or something like so you thought that they died from this person, but it turns out like one of them was that, but or something like that. Like you, you have a sort of parallel kind of thing yeah. there. It could be fun, um, or, or some other connection. You don't want to, you don't want to necessarily make it. No, stuff that you you actually say that, um, you know, it's it's signed, um, you know, James Potter Senior. <laughs> <laughs> Tied <it> directly. <clears throat> Uh, then we'll be fighting with all the fucking fanatics and have to make sure everything's canonically accurate. Screw that. Yeah, screw that. Um, they they went to Hogwarts, but they they were they were in um like Hufflepuff. They weren't. Yeah, yeah they, they weren't the best, and it was you know a fair few years ago. Yeah, you you separated out somehow. Yeah, cool. I like um, it. yeah, I, I, there's something about like. You know the Stardew Valley feel that um, you know, I if, think if you could add some narrative in in there, like some real intense sort of, I mean, uh, I think, interpersonal. I stuff. think even I mean, I think Stardew. I, to be honest, I haven't played ridiculously deeply into Stardew Valley, nor um, Graveyard Keeper, which is very similar but with a fairly different tone to it. Uh, but I mean, there is some, there is some ongoing narrative stuff in there, mm-hmm. um, for sure. But yes, I, I like, I like the, the general, um, mechanics around that. And because you, there's just a lot of gratification to be had for like building up your farm and making it work well. And particularly yeah. if you bring in some of that automation stuff. Um, yeah. And especially if you can, if you can like, Put the muggle repelling uh, spell on the gate so that when they tur- when they approach the gate they turn away. And- yeah, well, that's <laughs> oh, that's a, that's, a, that's the thing. You can have so much fun with all those sorts of little, you know, yeah. You set up a, a magical zone of of you know growth, you know, um, boosting or whatever. And once you learn it, but you have to learn these spells. And how do you find out about the spells? Like maybe you're discovering. You know, different things, or maybe you're fucking sending away to the mail order <laughs> magazine for wizards to get new spells. But, but I, I love the idea that um, he he finds out these these things from these diary pages of of you know the magic of water and all this sort of stuff. It's like, oh, I can use this this water here, and he just puts magic, it on and starts this, growing. I and- found this magical growth serum. It's called water. <laughs> It's just like it's it turns re- out that all re- this magic is just literally <laughs> him him using muggle based. It's written like, in technology. A way. It's, like, <laughs> it's like okay, I found the secret for growing the magical plant. It says dig a hole, a seed. dig a hole, bury <laughs> bury the sacred object. You know, ten centimeters below the ground. Wait seven days and seven nights after dousing it in the the you know, magical, magical growth li- liquid. Growth each day. liquid. Uh, it's like, oh my god! There's a sprout. It's growing. It the magic is working. <laughs> <laughs> this ancient magic. I'm not sure whether anyone. <laughs> And then, and then you're going into town every day and like trying to hide it. 
Frozen's <laughs> like, when you let it slip, they're just like, what the growth liquid? Why did he ask for a glass of growth liquid? <laughs> That's just weird. <laughs> like, he's so disconnected from, from, like, the normal world that, you know, he doesn't know the, uh, like, water? <laughs> Well, because there was a wizard where, like, they didn't need to drink water. They had wizarding ways of just, like, hydrating their body magically through the skin. <laughs> the same way that they apparently basically, just shit anywhere they- and magic it away, right? Like, that's a th- that's canonically what wizards do. Now, now I'm picturing that, like, it's this twisted wizarding world where they've forgotten how to actually drink anything. They just magically bring in, like, saline solution and put it into their- <clears throat> Like, it's essentially it's essentially wizard idiocracy. <laughs> you have to teach them how actual civilization works when they lose their magic. Oh Jesus all right, Christ! All right, all right, three to one click. Poorly gray. That's great. <laughs> Poorly gray. Right. Okay. Neighbor repeating. Hmm. Inserted future. Ooh. Okay. Well, that's interesting because my because neighbor repeating my mind immediately went to some sort of like Truman Show esque situation where perhaps your neighbors are robots or something that have been planted to make you think they're normal. Mm-hmm. And so maybe okay. this is like an alien abduction situation where you find out you're in a like essentially a a created world for the benefit of these aliens. Yep. I really like that, but I'm also going to give you give you a, an option as well. Mm-hmm. I see inserted future, and I think time agent who's trying to change something that happened in the past. So inserting something into into the this character's future, but oh, the but time agent is in the okay. Yeah. I see. Um, well, that's fine. We can go fucking buck wild with it and do both. Maybe it's this time agent from the future who comes back to let this person know that their reality is not reality and that they're on an alien spaceship in a sort of Rick and Morty-esque, um, Truman Show-esque, you know, situation where everyone around them is, is are, auto- are actually automatons and they're the only yep. human. Okay. Uh, so, you're, pl- you're playing the time agent, correct? Um, maybe this is a kind of heavy rain situation where you're playing both and an, and an alien. Because I really do like the idea that you get to the end and you find out the time agent, like he's the one who's actually under, under observation and- it's just been an unreliable narrator sort of thing. Like, he thought that he knew everything that was going on, but that's that's how they sort of kept him going with this thing. So, <laughs> they pretended that they could go back in time. <laughs> so, you're saying you start off as this person in a regular house on a regular day. Yes. And on their regular walk to work- a rift in time appears in front of them. Mm-hmm. A time agent comes out. They have a discussion. The yep. time agent goes back into the time thing. Now you're playing the time agent. Yes. You get to do some shit around the time agent and find out what they're doing, why he went back. You have have a while of switching back and forth. Maybe you have- Maybe you do switch to one of the aliens who is keeping the first person in the simulation slash jail, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You resolve the whole situation, free that person. <laughs> and manage to identify to the um to the time agent that this is like the third time that he's done this this sort of thing. And basically the aliens are just giving him busy work because like this is the only yeah, thing. And then that something seems- you like realize, wait, I'm getting some deja vu here, this has all happened before, and then we like cut to outside where this time agent is actually sitting there in a chair with, like, electrons on his head. He hasn't moved the whole time, and it's all been in his mind. <laughs> yeah. But it's the same aliens. Yeah. Who are, who have done it. And yep. it's, so, it's a whole, like, 
Wait, was the whole thing in his head or was it a, like he put some uncertainty in there? Was it was it when they were captured in Act 2 and maybe everything mm. before that was real, but only after that has been in his head or was it the whole thing? And, and you you leave it with uh, the whole, you know, Christopher Nolan, the, um, the top spinning, 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 and is it going to fall over? You leave them with questions. Yeah. Yeah, and in fact, it's a direct homage because, like, the spaceship is is shaped like a top and is spinning, and that's the last <laughs> shot of the movie. That's where it starts to wobble, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone is like, "Goes ah, oh, gravity, <laughs> the fucking stabilizers failing." <laughs> um, dun dun. The- there's just something about that sort of that sort of narrative of of just a um totally out there premise in you know sort of set in the mun uh, in a mundane world to start off with then it goes batshit crazy and then it gets back to somewhat normal yeah and then it goes batshit crazy again as as the ending sort of occurs after you leave this oh yeah we call that the art of mind fuckery i think yeah hmm <laughs> no, I, I like that. I like that. I mean, and you and I are known for. I mean, when when I say loving known, mundanity, known. <laughs> I, I mean, you and I know. Uh, starting in an, in a very mundane setting, and then you know, before things kind of blast off into the actual game, mm-hmm. is always fun. I feel like it's just always a good start to kind of relate people to the characters and the setting, and yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, so what sort of what sort of uh, Gameplay are we talking? Are we talking uh, kind of like a point and clicky sort of thing? Are we talking like well, a third person adventure? Yeah. I mean, since I said it, I have been picturing kind of heavy rain-ish where it's sort of it's third person, you know, or, or Detroit become human or whatever. Like third person making decisions. you got some branching stuff, perhaps uh, dialogue trees and options. It's 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 more about exploring the world and, and just having something- semi-interesting to do as you as you explore it and get some um, exposition and get some world building in there. And Okay, so how much of the world can you actually explore? Is this kind of set on an island, like, kind of like your, your Grand Theft Auto-y sort of thing? Uh, I mean, I think you'd have to limit it down reasonably well. Um, yeah. And whether you just create artificial barriers of, you know, if you're in the first scene and you try to walk off down the street, the guy's like, no, works works the other way. I can't go that way or whatever. You know, you you put in some yep. re- reasonable reason why you don't you can't just go off and explore like any game would. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to explain. Yeah. You know, that it, I, that I do like the idea isolated. of opening it up a bit at some stage so that you can sort of set up. You know, this this sort of game, you can you can do anything that you want. You can rob a bank. You can <laughs> like. I mean, we could try. I mean, we're not actually making it, so sure. Uh, no, I, just, <laughs> I, I feel like that could. I guess it depends on how much we want to. Because when you open up the world like that, you have to have enough interesting things to do, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, maybe you open it up after you find out you're in a simulation and. Mm-hmm. You get to sort of explore the limits of it in some way. <laughs> yeah. And see how the simulation actually handles, you know, the, the craziness of of you planning a time heist while doing, you know, some other- <laughs> Well, maybe- <laughs> some the, well, other crazy actually, things. that could be kind of fun. Maybe maybe you do have the point where the sort of- the, the, the small town you're in becomes- like opens up and this is after you've talked to the time person and- They've said, look, to get out of here, you need to, like, disrupt this whole simulation. Um, And so, then you've, from a technical point of view, you've got some plausible deniability as to why all of the um, AI, like, all the people repeat themselves (laughs) a lot (laughs) in very video game-ish fashions. (laughs) Um, You don't have to worry too much about things persisting. Like you literally have that if you if you go to a fire, like you you play on some of the Grand Theft Auto stuff. It's like I blew up that shop, but then I turned away and looked back, and it had regenerated. It's, it's like yeah, we only keep things that you can see in memory. <laughs> <laughs> it's called frostrum culling. <laughs> yeah, maybe you've they- got like the time agent in your ear this whole time, and you, so you can throw in some of those like little little jokes and jabs, and he's explaining the world to you as you go. 
<laughs> Be careful, that person's about to ragdoll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. And then and then yeah, later on I think you you go back to to some more just problem solving sort of adventure stuff as you play, you know, particularly if you play the time agent like walking around the time station or whatever, wherever he's based, you know, this is some sort of um, actual organization or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love the idea that kind of like in a Bill and Ted's way where, you know, they say, oh, when, when this is done, we've, we'll make sure that we go get this thing and bring it back here. The time agent, his, his whole thing is he has to go off, get that thing and bring it back. Um, before before things can actually like that's you actually continue. play him having to do that yes <laughs> <laughs> I love the <laughs> I love the idea of playing as the person in the simulation <laughs> and going and and like having essentially having a power in that like in the gameplay where it's like oh I need a rocket launcher you know and you can place one and you're saying that meant that the time agent came back in the past and put it there and now it's there. But then later, then you switch to the time agent and depending on how many times you use that, you just have to do all these, like- There's a whole heap of fetch quests. Yeah, there's essentially <laughs> the opposite of fetch quests. There's, like, place quests where you just- It's like a crazy taxi um, minigame section where you're having to get around this simulated world as fast as possible, dropping things off. Um, <laughs> it's like crazy taxi slash paperboy- but you're like throwing rocket launchers into bushes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's like um, speed run strats in which you know you you try to do as much as you can without actually having to um, rely on that mechanic of yeah. When we're, when we're out of this area, then we'll go back in time and we'll we'll make sure that it's here. Yeah, and that just, someone's actually got to do that. It cuts that <laughs> mini game out completely. <laughs> uh, this has become a bit of a mishmash but uh, no I, I, I think the idea is, is fun I love it alright three to one condemned elitist acute horror ooh acute horror does that mean jump scares like is that is it acute horror just like it happens immediately and sharply Present or experienced to a severe or intense degree. Yeah, well, that's exactly. It's like- Yeah. This is not- We're not talking slow burn, you know, deep psychological scares here. We're talking in your face, horror, jump scares, gore. So, in a condemned building, Mm -hmm. there's just something about like a- condemned like institution or just condemned building in general that I'm picturing all like um, papers and shit all over the floor everywhere and there's basically something stalking you okay but you are an elite parkour expert (laughs) why not (laughs) because I act like horror games are always like slow paced like creeping through a corridor like slowly opening a door no fuck that this is a fast-paced horror game i guess the, i guess the, the only one i can think of is dying light was kind of like this mm-hmm. yeah um but this is more inside it's in this condemned building and yeah it's sort of when you see something you like you run like fuck and it's like jump up yep. here you know bounce off that beam fucking smash through that door uh, it is mostly dark, so you're doing a lot of this by, like, torchlight, and, and so there's some of the horror comes from that, because you will still have things, like, jump out at you, and you know, you just, like, fucking shove them back and keep running. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I do like the idea, kind of like what, um, like, Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 did, which mm-hmm. is you have, like, that continuous, um, almost immortal sort of thing coming after you. Mm, that you mm. cannot beat. It is all about getting away from this thing as quickly as possible. Yep. Um, so, if if you're sort of looking around, you you almost have like all, all that um, alien isolation thing where there's one major enemy that's after you. Yeah. There's a few minor enemies that, you know, they're going to 
there's going to be some jump scares in there, but the majority of the time is you see this character, you run like fuck. Yeah, I don't think this is a combat-based game. I think this is much more a movement and hiding-based game. Uh, and, and not even hide. I don't, I don't want to do a lot of hiding, but it's more, oh, okay, I blocked this door. They're not going to be able to get through here. And so you can sort of take a breath. Like you obviously need to, need to bring things down a notch here and there. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, I, I think it's because then you can have this like huge sprawling asylum essentially or like abandoned condemned hospital or whatever it is with, you know, multiple stories and, it's collapsed to a certain degree, so you can get up, you know, climb up rubble and holes and, you know, fucking elevator shafts, I don't know, <laughs> um, stairwells and different things, and just have a lot of environment to really uh, traverse. Mm-hmm. But, yes, having that horror element of, like, oh, fuck, there's something after me. <laughs> yep. All right, so what- why is this person here and what's chasing them? Let's let's dig a bit deeper Okay, on that so. Um, I- I'm picturing as that as that whole thing of they've either been dared to go in or um they they're searching for something that their father used to work in this place or their mother used to work in in this um condemned building. Or or, and- or is this a situation where they're like and, and we can we can have elements of each of these, but are they like a YouTube sensation with their parkour stuff? Oh, definitely. Um, strapping their- with their GoPro strapped to their head, which is the view you're seeing, essentially. <clears throat> um, you know, make this first person in a mir- mirror's edge-ish <laughs> no, kind of view. No, that they have- they have literally a selfie stick off the back of their- <laughs> <laughs> To get that third person view. Uh, we can cut between them. Um, and when you're in that third person view, you see the GoPro strapped on their helmet or something. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, so they, they, they do this thing. It's like a, it's a cross between the sort of what the, the urban exploration stuff and parkour, um, for YouTube hits. But, you know, this one does have a personal bent because yes, like this is where their parents died or something or, yeah, or worked or whatever. So is this supernatural horror or is it like natural horror? Um, yeah, it's just a fucking bear. <laughs> no, I think it's at the very least like body horror, like genetic abnormal. Like you put, you could put it in the realm of science with like they created these like steroid beasts that you know with genetic mutations or whatever that are unstoppable um, and have escaped or something. If mm-hmm. you- yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that's probably right. Like it's some sort of facility that it, they thought you thought it was a hospital, but it turns out there's like there was there's experiments ex- going on, yeah. and I, I'm picturing now because you've said sort of like uh, facility that like there is an underground part to this. Like mm. there's there's a full on like um, off off spurt. Of, you know, umbrella laboratories sort of thing. Yeah. That, you know, there's, there's a huge laboratory down, down the bottom that is much cleaner. Um, but still like overrun by these mm. like horrors. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's all about, you know, what, did, what did my parents actually do? Yeah. Yeah. What were they involved in? For sure. And, and you wonder whether, whether you actually show that. Um, this character's mother is act- is actually still alive, and oh god, and is, yeah, is one of the one of yes. the horrors in the um in the basement sort of thing. Yeah, you fucking find her. She's like, she's the only creature you ever managed to kill. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene where you have to like. You're like jumping up in this huge room and having to like cut cables on things to drop something on her. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I'm definitely thinking it's not like zombie sort of characters. They're, no, they're definitely more. Um, I think maybe I they ju- are beasts. I think maybe they are, and because they were doing a lot of animal testing yep. of this, you know, super serum, some sort of thing that ended up just turning them into these. You know, ravenous, rabid beasts, essentially. Um, you talk because the baby's crying. I can't currently hear the baby. 
she's just stirring a bit. Yeah. Uh, and th- that your mother is essentially like the first human test subject. Yeah. And it wasn't until like the side effects of, of the, the, you know, crazy unbounded strength and, and psychosis didn't kick in for a couple of months or something. So they thought it was safe. Yeah. Um, okay. So this facility, uh, I see it as almost like a, a sprawling sort of probably a big, a big factory sort of thing or, or some sort of big, um, building that has, you know, two wings and, and, you know, it's got lots of offices and stuff that you can. Yeah. And look, you, you need a lot of like beams and catwalks and, you know, broken areas yeah. between multiple floors and stuff. If you're going to make this really sort of parkour traversal, uh, so you've got a lot of different routes through yep. areas. Uh, but yeah, you can and I, have- I think, I think in the underground facility, you've even got like, um, you know, it's, it's still rather run down. Like there's, there's, um, you know, as you're, as you're going down corridors, you actually see that, you know, the floors sort of fall on the way and there's like, you see two, two or so floors below you that you can. Yeah. You can drop down or something. You can. Yeah. Yeah. It's in pretty bad disrepair. Then yeah, the look that that gives the level designers a lot of fodder to to create different routes through areas and stuff, which you know, I think I think a lot of the action based stuff is fuck something's after me, you know, and you've de- you've generally got a goal, which is whether it's a door that can lock or something that you can collapse behind you or whatever. Uh and that's where really some of the, the hardcore kind of racing away from things comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm de- I'm definitely picturing that if you get um <clears throat> if you get caught down a down like a dead end um you're kind of fucked. <laughs> well, yes and no, but I think you've got some good moves where it's like you fucking like you can bounce slide off between the legs. Yeah, <laughs> slide between the legs or like run up the wall and jump over them or whatever, right? Like a swing on a on a beam that's above and yeah, you've got some options. It de- it's definitely dangerous to to find yourself in a dead end. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'm, I'm wondering if in that sort of dying light style, you have kind of a safe zone. Um, and then maybe you make all the creatures a bit more AI based, like they're going to be out more at certain times or they're going to be or, or, the, or they just have particular sort of areas that they move to at different times of day um, because of whatever, like the, some of the machinery is still functioning, functioning that like gives them food. Um, mm-hmm. automatically. And so, you know, okay, when it hits, you know, 10 a.m., their food things going to come so I can wait till then and then I'm going to be able to get into this area over there because there's going to be less creatures or something. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I think that's actually kind of a bit creepy as well. Like, you can make- go and go into the whole story as to why- um why is this automation still working and all this sort of stuff? Like, is there someone still tending to this? Mm. And that's when you bring in the fact that your mum is actually, like- Yeah, she's actually kept it all running long enough. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. And then, yeah, you can obviously be revealing all this stuff through, like, computer files- Logs and-, and Voice shit. recordings and reports and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. So do I. Three, yeah. two, one. Let's do one last one. Okay. Sorry, underline. Deal cam. Deal cam. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, underline makes me think of someone who's written the written a, a note, an apology note, and like underline sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could that could come across as like a real passive aggressive thing. So maybe this is around like people who leave passive aggressive notes in like offices. <laughs> And then deal cam uh, so- is like you, you're setting up cameras to catch people who are well. I was going to say dealing drugs, but I don't think yeah. that works for the <laughs> um, dealing in candy bars that aren't meant to be sold because it undercuts the vending machines. Okay, not to not to say no to your idea, but <laughs> but to no. go in, but to go in a slightly different way. Sure. I like this idea of this character who's made a deal with the devil, mm-hmm. but he set a GoPro up in his room <laughs> when he when he made like this this um, deal. Okay, and and so therefore, like he's actually got this footage 
of of the deal that he that he made with the devil, and he's basically trying to try to sell it. Okay. All right. So it's been a hundred years or more since the deal the devil has last made a deal with a human, mm-hmm. and this is why the devil's not quite up on current technology. <laughs> so, like, the devil knows about cameras, but he knows that they're like these huge bulking things that you know. He's got to stay still for five seconds, uh, five minutes or whatever, in order yeah. for them to take their take their pictures. So. Yeah. So, so he hasn't actually learned to be careful of modern modern day, you know, imaging technology. Um, and so, yes, this is how he's captured on camera. It's the first time he's he's you know popped out of hell in about a century. Yeah. So you're actually playing the devil in this. Oh, okay. And, you, and you're you're trying to chase down this guy, and every time you get close, he leaves like this passive aggressive note <laughs> that has the word "sorry" <laughs> underlined. <laughs> okay, all right. I kind of I like that. Um, now, whether whether it's actually the devil, you know, Lucifer, the devil, whatever, or it's just like you're some unknown demon who who you know made a deal. Yeah. And you're sort of getting, um, you're sort of getting made, made, made to follow it up and, and basically yeah. all to come through. Get, for some reason, this get is- Get what's coming to you. This is striking me as like a platformer. Yeah. Uh, where you play this kind of cartoonish demon who pretended to be Satan to make this deal. And, but then like just completely fucked up. Uh, and so yes, you have to get the agreement back, like the contract. Because yep. you've promised, you know, unknown riches, untold riches to this person. Um, and you you really can't- You can't, you can't fulfill you that. You can't deliver. The idea was that, yeah, you would renege on the deal or that, you know, you, you've promised them this in exchange for something that they can't do or whatever. But because of this- Because of this video footage- He's they, actually they, got- They basically, um, basically found a workaround because he's going to sell it for untold riches. <laughs> yeah, because effectively how, how they- normally do deals. I'm thinking that you can sort of set this up in world. Is this all just handshake deals? It's not actually anything written down in Oh yeah. Or, okay. or recorded. Yeah. It's sort of like you do a deal and then, you know, the devil or the demon can come back and collect and basically renege on any of the any of the, the, terms, the bits and pieces because, yeah. you know, as far as they're concerned, the all the handshake deal promises them is their soul. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't actually have to do anything. <laughs> so yeah, I think this is this is a demon who is is trying to sort of, you know, rise in the ranks of hell. They do this by making these good deals and like getting souls for hell, but they've completely fucked it up and now they're trying to save their ass essentially before Satan yep. finds out. Uh and yes, it, then it becomes this kind of platformy sort of thing through these different levels where you're chasing this guy did you maybe give this guy powers that then help him get away from you? Or is he just a prick? Is he just like a um, sneaky bastard? I, I think I think he stole something off you that that basically alerts alerts him to your presence. Okay. Maybe every time you're close to him, the the tape he's got of you, of the of, starts to glow. Or yeah, something like, like that. starts to glow and heat up because there's just something around. Like there's the whole thing of you know capturing the soul. On, on camera or yeah. something. Um, and demons have this thing where, like, if you if you photograph them, it takes a small part of their essence. Oh, even even cooler. Like, he he actually thought that, you know, by making the handshake, you know, he captured this guy's soul mm-hmm. because that's normally what happens. But it turns out because there was a camera there, the camera actually captured this guy's soul as it was supposed to be transferred into- into something oh. that the devil, the the demon actually had. So now he's got to try and get this tape back because that's actually where this guy's soul is. So this guy, you know, is now like super evil, has no has no conscience, sort of thing. And yeah, yeah. well, I, can't, I was kind of thinking as well that like the collectibles are like small pieces of your essence or whatever that's been dropped around, drip dripping out of this thing. <laughs> floating out of this thing and that's kind of how you're not only how you're tracking it but it's like collect a hundred and you'll get another life (laughs) i do like this idea of like as you're going through the game that you can like 
I don't know. Normally, you'd be coming up against enemies. I think all these enemies, <laughs> as as you defeat them, you're basically <clears throat> collecting their souls. <laughs> yeah, okay. and sending them to hell. Yeah. Effectively, that's fine. So you, so as as you you know, you do all these kills in the level. Basically, you know the the devil's very happy with you right now because you just sent another another two hundred people back. As long down as to there hell. are no security cameras. <laughs> Actually, that'd be an interesting mechanic because I'm kind of picturing a 2D, almost um, like damsel-ish or something. Like, sort of, you've got different levels, different sections, and as, yeah, as you kill people or things, you see their soul come out. But if there are cameras around, you see it start heading off to those cameras because um, they're like capturing it in in the data stream or whatever. Um, and so. To get the most points in a level, you have to, like, smash all the cameras first. You have to find and destroy all the cameras. Or failing that, you've got to find the security office and destroy oh, the yeah, tapes. you can get them all back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, an extra bonus thing in every level. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. That's think, really cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun mechanic. And I, I think then then you've got the sort of outline for, okay, this is sort of what these levels are. And then you can set- You can obviously have a, diff- a bunch of different- um, settings as you, as you go forward, different areas that you, types of areas that you're playing through. Um, yeah, I think that's fun. <laughs> yeah. And I think literally this, this, all, all the people that you're coming up against are like hench people of, of this guy. Like he's oh, yeah. gotten so powerful, like that he just has hired all these people and these yeah, private it's been contractors like two years and stuff. Since and- it happened and you didn't realize, like, the, the beginning of the game is, is Satan coming to you and just being like, what the fuck did you do? Because <laughs> he's just found out as well. Like, this tape started, uh, you know, getting out or something. Um, or oh, maybe that's even it. It's not just you got to find the one tape. It's like you're tracking down all the copies. Because um- <laughs> each copy contains, like, a fragment of the soul. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a fucking oh. demon Horcrux thing that it's split into like yep. fifty-six awesome. pieces. That sounds like a good number of levels, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, like, and so Satan sets you on this quest of like, you got to destroy all those copies, and while you're up there, fucking get me some, get me some fresh souls. You might as well. You're gonna have to kill all the henchmen. Okay, um, so just as you just as you arrive, like you um in the in the final boss. You know, sort of the final boss lair. He's got his finger hovering over the enter button, and That's you're wondering right. what the fuck is he doing. And he hits enter, and it gets uploaded to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so sequel potential. We are now destroying everything in the. <laughs> no, what what that opens up is just like, congratulations! You now have access to the level editor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you get access to all the like fan made levels. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's like um Mario Maker but for Devil. Yeah. Dri- driver. No. So ba- basically um each level you you're trying to get to get to like the the exit and um a couple of things that need to be in in each level is um, security cameras, yep. a security office, and an exit. And the, ta- that- and the tape that you're actually trying to- Like, the, the copy tape. of the yeah. tape. Um, and it yeah, might just the, be a- the tape doesn't have to be at the exit. Or a- no, no, no. You just- It's somewhere in the level. You have to destroy it. And yeah, I'm, I'm almost- I'm picturing- I'm kind of picturing now, actually, a little bit less, like, damsel in the platforming, and more sort of- um, did you ever play that game Deadshot where you no. played, um, I think you played like a Grim Reaper, but you, or, some, or something like that, you played like a skeleton. You could like go through vents and also sort of had a hot, Hotline Miami sort of vibe because you'd like bust into a room and just have to like make these preci- precision shots of like take them, you know, had had some stealth elements, had some different elements, but, um, or maybe a little bit like um, uh, the other Tom Francis game, actually, um, Gun... The one where you're playing side on and you go through the buildings and you gunpoint. It's all right. I still had it open. Gunpoint. Um, did you ever play gunpoint? I think I feel like we've brought this up before. Anyway, yeah, more of that sort of thing where it's kind of like like you you have a moment to like you don't know what's in the next room and maybe you you bang open the door and you see oh shit like there's three people in here and they're all going to start firing on me so I'm going to use my like devil skip to like. 
you know, teleport into the middle of the room and then I'm going to use my one-off area of effect something to, that, you know, that you picked up to, like, blast against the walls. And, you know, it's a bit more strategic than just uh, pure platforming. Mm-hmm. Of course, I own Gunpoint. It's on my Steam library. And I've never played it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Play it. It's good. It's quite like good. Like most things I own. I own everything. <laughs> it's quite good. It's quite good. Uh, yeah, that's cool. But I, I really like that idea. That's some cool shit. Cool. Well, that does bring us to the end of tonight. It does. So, thank you for joining us this week on Pitstorm. If you want to find us online and the rest of our episodes- Go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm, all one word. All of our previous episodes are there. We might be up to 200 by the time you hear this. I don't know. We're not far off. Uh, that's a lot of games to go back and, and listen about. Listen about. That's a sentence. Mm-hmm. We're also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a group of podcasts sort of banded together into a you know little group. Uh, we help each other out. Go to 8bit.net, check out some of those other great podcasts uh, around gaming and pop culture and, and other things. While you're interested in gaming and pop culture, check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AGP Network on Twitter. And also, we'd like to thank the wonderful musicians of Kuradust, of which we are part of. <laughs> of which we are too. <laughs> for the um, use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. Which you can find on Bandcamp because the website is no longer there. Yes. Because Ben brought it down. Hey, I- I only learned the, it like two weeks ago. That- over the past 10 years, I've paid more than $1,000 to keep that fucking site up. <laughs> All right. That was like $100 a year for that hosting. It's about time it came down. Nobody's ever listened to it. <laughs> but it also brought down Two Sweary Dads. So, that should be back Two up. Two Sweary Dads is back up. I put that on okay, our captivated account. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Polly Gray. <laughs> I'm a fucking wizard. <laughs>